Hello, my name is Carlene. In this episode, it's sort of an introduction to who I am and um, a little bit of why I decided to start a podcast. Well, first to begin, my name is Carlene. I am 44 years old. I am originally from St. Louis, Missouri. My parents moved to Ferguson, Missouri in um, like 19 probably like 1979-ish. They've lived in Ferguson for about 40 years or so. Um, The Ferguson that I'm used to is not the Ferguson that Mike Brown is from. The Ferguson I know was very... Um, traditionally racist Um, we were considered girls colored girls Um, back when we stayed in Ferguson it was more of a um, white and black issue Um, I can remember I don't know where we were going but my dad and my mom had a station wagon and I can remember it was a black guy being hung from the train track. And I can remember what he had on because I'm a, I'm a um, observant. I observe a lot of things, even though I don't see as well. I try to observe as much as I can. Um, I can remember this guy had on some khaki pants, a white shirt, with dirt on it that looked like he had like either he was dancing around or laying around in dirt um he had on some black and white sneakers um and um he had like a semi short um like TWA afro type of um hairdo and we were in the back seat of the station wagon and I can remember my parents telling us not to turn around and look at the guy hanging from the train track. Well, back then, I can remember he got hung because he supposedly had raped a white woman. To be honest, that's exactly what it was. So, like I said, Ferguson for me was different than... And I'm saying different out of like the times, but still white people still have the same hate against black people that they, you know, that's still never changed and it probably never will. Um, By saying all that, um, I can remember I went to Central from kindergarten to fifth grade. After that, I went to Ferguson Middle from sixth grade to eighth grade. And after that, I went to McClure. Um, My parents had 10 children. They had five girls and five boys. My dad had a daughter before he met my mom. So I have five sisters. And then there would be six girls, five boys. My mom had my oldest brother by someone else, but 
during that time they used to try to hide that type of stuff you didn't really talk about step parents um back in the 80s and the 90s you didn't really hear about blended families blended families didn't start being really 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 um announced or accepted until really the um late 90s early 2000s I can remember having um, a um, sociology class and we were talking about blended families. And I can remember being in a classroom, I think I was the only one that raised my hand that um, I grew up with both my parents. And by saying that, I think I had the worst parents in the world. Some people should never have kids. That was both my parents. My dad was very abusive. My mom allowed him to be abusive. She was also abusive as well because she accepted it and she allowed it. When I say she allowed it, everyone wants to use the excuse, well, it happened to me. That is not a good excuse for me. That doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't resonate. It doesn't make me be like, oh, then okay, I understand. No, it makes me not understand for you to allow someone else in your care to be abused, even though it happened to you. So if it happened to you, you really didn't. You, it really didn't matter to you if you were being abused because it, you passed on that same hurt. You passed on that same hurt to someone else. So I come from a place of um, pain. I come from a place of um, not understanding a lot of things and accepting a lot of things. I feel like my mom taught me to let men abuse me. My mom taught men are never, they never love you. Men are just supposed to take from you. They don't love you. They tell you they love you, but they really don't love you. Love comes in the force of a fist. Love comes in the force of calling you out of your name. Love comes through a force of of trapping you, making you feel like a prisoner in your own home. That's what love is. And that's what my mother taught me. I didn't know the difference between that until I ran in or until I got into a relationship with my current husband that how a man is supposed to actually treat you. My oldest daughter's father was no better. He was he was no better. I accepted less for myself. I accepted someone that had no respect for themselves to alter respect for me. That's where I come from because I wasn't taught that a man was supposed to respect you and love you and cherish you. By loving you and cherishing you, that means he's going to he's going to look out for your best interests. He's going to look out for your safety. He's going to look out for taking care of you if you can't take care of yourself. I also um come from a point of um I am considered um disabled. I physically I have physical disabilities. One is I have a visual disability. I was born premature. Um, I have um, premature or I have, it may not be premature. I have retinopathy. It's where your retina, I have hardening of my retina. It's not a um, curable thing. It can't be fixed. It's like once you break your camera and you crack the mirror in the back of a camera, that camera is no longer good. You can't change it out. It's just you have to throw the whole camera away. But you can't throw me away. So 
I just see the way I see and the, you, I really can't explain it and I don't even think medicine can explain it I just can see how I can see um, some states don't accept that I'm physically blind some other states do um, say that I'm physically blind in the state of Missouri I am considered a hundred percent blind even though I can visually see um, in the state of Arkansas I am not blind. I was able to get a driver's license. Um, I've been I've been denied so many times um, to be on any type of disability, even though I was born with this disability. Um, I can remember moving to Arkansas and I was um, told no, I don't have a visual or a disability. So that prompted me to say well I might as well get a job not saying that I wanted to just live off a check because when I lived in Missouri I never lived off of a check I worked for Walgreens and also St. Louis University um when I was under my parents care I did um draw social security SSI um, because of I was considered a hundred percent blind um, by saying all that is to say if you're wanting to do something and you're wanting to do it bad enough and you feel that you are qualified and you are able to commit to what you're wanting to do you can do it I um, nothing stop can stop me and nothing has ever stopped me uh, only reason why it took me so long to graduate is because my children were my center. I wanted to make sure that my children were going to be safe and I didn't want to I didn't want my kids to go to daycare. I didn't want anybody else watching my children because here I come from an abused background. And when I say abused background, one day out on this podcast, I will go into detail of some of my abuse and I'll let you guys know how I um, deal dealt with it or how I'm dealing with it because it's always each day is a new day to accept and get over things that have been haunting you or things that have been uh, a struggle so to get on to more information about me I am a mother of two girls when I say that my oldest daughter I had her at 21 I was very overprotective with both my children Um, when I had my first daughter I don't think that I knew what love was I felt like I was accountable I think when I had my oldest daughter I was very scared and very fearful that I wouldn't be the best mom I could be or I would um, not be able to protect her like I wasn't protected but let me tell y'all I worked a nine-to-five to to make sure my children were um, mentally and physically emotionally safe even though my children might say differ and I'm not saying I was the best mom and I'm not saying I was a bad mom I had my flaws 
And like I said, I didn't know how to love at one point. I think I was more of um, being accountable for taking care of this, you know, this child that looked up at me and cried and smiled and was so pretty. And she had this huge face. And I was just like, oh, my God, why would God give me someone which I don't know how to take care of. I'm afraid that I may allow her to be abused like I was. But in the hindsight of that, I loved her so much that I did protect her. And I feel like looking back on it, my oldest daughter um, just got married back in November of 2018. And the guy she chose for her husband This guy treats her with respect. He takes care of her financially. I think he takes care of her mentally. Um, Well, they both kind of worry me, but you know, he's spoiled, she's spoiled. They, you know, they have my grandson, he's spoiled. Oh my God. Um, But I know that I did the right thing by taking care of them the way I took care of them. Because my daughter, she's not the type of person that will let you yell at her. She's not the type of person that'll like accept a guy that's a bum. Like, you can't be this guy that's like pants are sagging, smokes cigarettes, don't want a job, plays video games, and don't work. Uh uh-uh. uh. That ain't what she wants. So, I'm proud of her for um, who she selected and how she selected him. And how she took her time, although, you know, people can fault you for a lot of things. She did have my grandson young. I don't think that was because it was bad parenting. I think that was because you want to do what you want to do. And nobody's going to tell you what to do. You know, it was that. Because she was never a bad child. I never had to go to school. And teachers tell me that she talks too much. Um, she's never been suspended. She's never been kicked out of class. She, I mean, she was very quiet. I'm just like, you just a liar. I mean, you just don't tell the truth. You just think you keep the wrong things a secret. You like the wrong things. And I think she's learned from her, um, her, her ways. I'm not going to say her mistakes because that would make my grandson a mistake. And he's not a mistake when she had him. Oh my Jesus. That's what initially taught me how to love. Remember, I told you guys, I don't know what love is. Um, My mom never taught me love. My mother never told me she loved me growing up. Here again, my mom caused pain and havoc and let people abuse us. You know, just let, you know, willfully just let knowingly and, and accepted it and gave us the excuse it happened to her. Well, that's not good enough for me. And that's not good enough for my children. So, yeah, I'm not buying it. I don't know what you're going to do with that, but we ain't buying it over here. Um, When I saw my grandson, oh, my God, that's when I knew what love was. And, you know, I know somebody's going to probably say, what are you talking about? You got married. Um, Yeah, the first go around wasn't for love. It was for convenience. Um, I needed help taking care of of my children Um, my oldest daughter's father never um, was there he was there um, financially 
He was not there emotionally. He wasn't there physically. He was there via paycheck, via what they call it, um, child support. He wasn't there um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I was alone in that area. And, you know, my kids probably to this day, they talk about um, things that probably I didn't do good or I didn't do right as a mom. Um, I probably didn't. Like here again, I'm coming from not being taught how to be a mom. Really not. I'm really coming from a point of not even being taught to be a woman. To be honest, my mom didn't teach us how to be a woman. My mom didn't teach me how to be a lady. She never even taught me how to take care of a house. Like she taught. No, she didn't. Like, no, she didn't. Like, honestly, no, she didn't teach me how to be a woman. She didn't have to teach me how to have respect for myself. She didn't teach other people to have respect for me or me to allow other people to have respect for me. So I thought men were supposed to, you know, kick you around, call you a bitch, uh, slap you around, force you to have sex with them, even though you don't want to have sex with them. Yeah, that's what my mom taught me. Um, when I met my husband, that was a different story. Um, this guy treated me with so much respect. Um, I want to say when we started out, our relationship was built on intimacy. It was just built on him being my friend, him teaching me how to respect myself, him teaching me how to love myself, me, um, being able to say, all the things that went wrong that I allowed to go wrong, not the things that went wrong or not the things that I pointed fingers on, things that I truly let happen because I had no self-respect. I didn't have a spine type. That's what my current husband taught me. He taught me how to love. He taught me how to respect myself in order to respect myself is accepting who I am and loving myself. And that's where love begins to um, take form and take shape. And that's where I was, I was able to accept love by loving my grandson. That's what he taught me. And I want to say we started out as friends, like genuinely as friends. Yeah, I know I'm saying a whole lot in this first episode and I feel like I'm just being so random and I'm just letting, you know, my true feelings come out and taking a breath and realizing that in this moment, I'm blessed. In this time, in this era, I'm truly blessed. God has put me in a situation where I let the things that are not important let them be not important don't give them life things that are important give them life make them into something give them give them a being give them some sense of um, reality or some sense of security um, when I stop accepting bull or I, ex- I stop accepting crap into my life, things have actually started to look up. 
things have started to um, progress and become more um, super, super, not superficial. Things have became more uh, um, acceptable or things became real. Like I graduated last year in um, December. Um, Let me tell y'all, that was such um, a stressful time for me that I can't even remember how things were because I was so stressed out on being um, accepted. And I was so stressed out about um, if I didn't graduate, what will people think? You know, at this point, I don't care what other people think. I don't care how long it took me to graduate. The whole point is I graduated. I had to let a lot of things that I couldn't control. I had to let those things go. I had to let people that weren't really my friend or not really my friend, people that were not the good, I mean, that weren't, um, what's the word? People that weren't meant to be in my life that were just there for um a season I let things go I had to let those people go like I had to let those things go and they were hindering my own um progress because I was putting so much attention into these negative people and what they were doing to me and not realizing that I could just let those negative people go and start focusing on things that were more important and things I needed to accomplish. And when I decided to do that, I graduated. When I let certain things go, I graduated. When I let the stressors go of not being good enough, I let that go. And then I decided that if I didn't allow myself to go ahead and accept things that are coming to me and Except the fact that I am good enough to graduate, then I would never gone to. So I had to let that go. As of December of 2018, I was um, considered like um, I guess student. Um, I ended up being on the face of UALR's um, website. I ended up being the face of the University of Arkansas Little Rock's front page. That was such a big deal for me and my family. But I almost let that not happen. I I almost went to a point of, no, they don't want me. They're Nah, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and delete this. And I did. I actually deleted an email where they were requesting me to interview. I actually deleted that email like three times thinking that I was not who they were intending to send that email to it was an accident it wasn't for me and the girl was just like hey I noticed that you haven't responded I emailed you three times what's going on and you know so I eventually emailed her back and was like is this real um this is not like a random email that you're just looking to interview someone and she was like no we're actually wanting to interview you So if you're interested in um, reading that um, article, I will put that information somewhere um, in my vlog. I'm still building my um, blog right now or my um, actual blog spot. So 
if you're really interested in seeing it you could go on my facebook page and my name is carlene c-a-r-l-e-n-e last name akins a-k-i-n-s you can find me on my facebook and just look up um, UALR article it's on my Facebook and if you don't want to pull it there you can always go to the UALR.edu website and put my name in the search engine and you will be able to find me there just put in Carlene Akins and you'll find me there well you guys it's been really good talking to you guys today and I hope to hear back from you guys through a messaging on my podcast or you can message me through my Instagram at Eileen that's E actually it's style Eileen S-T-Y-L underscore E-L-E-N-E or you can always leave me a message on this podcast thank you for listening and have a good day. Bye-bye.